Previously on Steambox Versus, Bruce Leroy, the last dragon, shared the glow. The Iron Sheep broke backs and made us humble. Michio Kaku showed us how to find dark matter. Samus and Megarad led a rap battle for the ages, and we plunged into virtual reality in Ready Player One. Will Steambox make it back to Ghibli in Japan? Will the Boston Celtics dunk on us? Will the Dragon Ball Z narrator ever join the crew? Stay tuned and find out on Steambox Versus. Hey, this is Roberto. You're back with another Steambox podcast. Today I'm with my steampunks from Highlander Charter School. They have been rocking the world with their conversations about love and romance. And what would you even know in the ninth grade about love and romance? But y'all have had a lot to say. Y'all even ranked the five things people need in a good relationship. Y'all talked about trust, loyalty, communication. What were the other two? Mutual interest. What? what? Mutual interest. Mutual interest did not make your top five, but it was something that we talked about. Respect and love. Respect and love. Oh, bam. Look at you on topic. Communication has to be at top, though. Yo, well, last time you were here, we all talked about communication, but communication came in at number three. Mm. Today with us, we have uh, an expert in healthy uh, relationship positivity. I am paraphrasing, and she can do a better job explaining herself, uh, but she's representing an organization called Katie Brown Educational Program. And uh, I'm not going to try to tell you the Katie Brown story. I'm going to ask her to give us a quick synopsis of what Katie Brown's about. Uh, somebody very close and important to me, Angela Marandola. Angela, hi. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. So I can tell everyone a little bit about our organization. Again, I'm from the Katie Brown Educational Program. We are a really tiny nonprofit that's based in Fall River. We have a staff of actually seven people. And our job essentially is to go into schools and teach students about healthy relationships, with the main focus being domestic violence prevention. So we are in upwards of 21 schools per year. Uh, we start at fourth grade, we go through high school, and yeah, we've been in business for over 20 years. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm coming from. All right. Uh, what's your position there again? I'm the program director. Somebody want to know how much the program director at Katie Brown gets paid. Somebody asked, is this a rude question? And it was like, how, how much does it, <laughs> right? Thank you. Uh, how, so uh, hold on, I'll let that, is, if that's still your question, I'll, I'll leave that for you. I don't want to steal your thunder or your question <laughs> but i i want to ask you really quickly yeah. um this podcast has done all right for itself are you a fan of the show are you a listener of the podcast I'm, be honest i'm a huge listener of the podcast my uh team has actually been on the podcast several times so i'm definitely a fan of the podcast have you heard this particular group because this is a relatively new group yeah. for me you have I, I have i've been deeply invested in all the love and uh relationship was there anything that poked out at you from this group? Yeah, honestly, just how much everyone knew. Like, it seems like everyone here is really well-versed in uh, healthy relationships and what makes a relationship healthy and what makes it challenging. And I was uh, kind of pleasantly surprised because we don't always work with students or meet students who have such a good understanding or a solid foundation. So that was really surprising. That was a big takeaway that I had. Uh, a lot of the topics that you discussed may not even necessarily come up with our teenagers, so that was really cool. True story. Um, 
listening to this group one week ago, not the last podcast, but the one before it, when this group was talking about communication, they were talking about communication in a way that made me want to go back to my own relationship and be better in my own relationship. Because somebody here was talking about, like, you have to understand both sides. I don't remember who it was, but somebody here was talking about that. And that was really important to me. That made a big difference. Um, <laughs> what was your question for Angela? Um, what do you think is the number one reason relationships don't work out or like the number one reason they fail? Yeah, that, so that's an amazing question. Uh, I would say kind of in line with what y'all have been talking about over the past uh, couple of weeks is communication. So I think that when you're in a relationship with somebody, there's no guarantee that they're going to talk the way that you talk, that they're going to understand everything that you say, or you're definitely not going to understand everything they say. And I think that it's a, there are always building blocks, right, in relationships. So if you can kind of work with your partner to kind of understand each other, like, okay, like, I communicate this way, you communicate that way. How do we work together to, like, meet each other where we're at? When that breaks down, when you stop doing that, when that stop happening, stops happening, then you have a breakdown of a lot of different other things, too. So you have the communication breakdown, which leads to maybe a breakdown in trust, or even like respect, like if you start calling your partner names, giving them a hard time, um, being rude, then you have all of these things that crumble. So I think if you have strong communication, your relationship is in a pretty good spot. It's it's pretty positive. As that breaks down, other things will follow suit, and I think that's what leads to breakups. Uh, in general, just not not vibing, not understanding with your partner, but also not trying to, to make that happen or working toward that. What, what do you think? I agree with that. Okay. What do you want to add? How do you stop that from happening? Like, how do you break down the wall that blocks communication? What's the best way you think to do that? That's, again, that, that's great. These aren't softball questions either, which is nice. They're, they're thinkers. So uh, I think that, I don't know if you've been in this situation, like in a relationship where maybe you are either the person that doesn't share a lot or the person that shares, too like, much. too much. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that, Knowing kind of, you've heard of love languages, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I think like communication languages are real. And so I think to stop that breakdown uh, and is to kind of know each other's communication love languages in a way and work with each other. So if you're dating somebody who's a little bit more closed off, maybe they're uncomfortable with being like vulnerable, they don't want to share as much, that is okay. That's, you know, meet them where they're at. Uh, maybe start off with some like... Uh, I was, you know, getting to know somebody one time and they brought like conversation cards over. Are you familiar with those? Yeah. Um, and those were really useful, right? Because they brought conversation cards over and I was like, oh, this is nice. Like this is an organic way to open up a conversation and to, and to talk. And it's not too intimidating and we're both answering the same questions. And that was really cool. So I think that to avoid that like what can sometimes feel like an inevitable, bre inevitable breakdown is to just always be present and communicative and open with your partner like ask them like hey like is there something I can I can do differently to make it easier to talk to me or to understand you a little bit better to validate you more and just keep those lines of communication open but that, baby steps that was something the communication cards was something that was helpful it was super helpful I think like because it's it's a very low stakes way to get to know a person and to encourage them to open up I this, liked it. I thought it was fun. You motioned to me because this group has seen me with the communication cards as we've yes. used them with each other. And uh, I think what Angela is saying is that works really well as a icebreaker in a relationship. Or if you have some time to kill and you have those cards, you can really get to know somebody through those cards. And it's a nice way to open up communication. What's your question for Angela? Um, one of my questions was, 
how long does it take to learn it? Like, and do you have to study for like four to eight years? Four to eight years. So uh, I can give you a little bit of my background and like also so my staff in a way. So uh, I went to college for something completely different, like unrelated. Uh, when I graduated, I became more interested in uh, advocacy. And so I began working in a domestic violence uh, survivor shelter and it kind of grew from there. So that was in 2000. Seven. So, so from 2007 on, I've always had jobs related to domestic violence uh, prevention and response. So it's nothing I went to school for. I think you can go to school and learn about it. But I think, and what's really interesting, and I'm curious about where you are all getting your like information and relationship knowledge, because I think that just like lived experience is the best teacher for with a lot of uh, in a, in a lot of jobs and a lot of careers, and especially something like this, going through things yourself, and then just learning about different aspects of relationships, and especially domestic violence. So I actually don't have, I have like formal training certifications, I have stuff like that, but I would say this, what I've learned the most, I've learned from other people. I've learned from my staff who come from all different backgrounds. I've had retail backgrounds, uh, you know, working at coffee shops, working for the YMCA. And we all had kind of that one interest, which was domestic violence prevention, healthy relationships promotion. Like, I think that, especially with my career, it's very mission driven. And so there's no like formal education that's gonna like inspire my mission. It's just meeting other people and kind of existing. Angela says that um, she listens to the podcast and that for ninth graders, you seem to really know a lot about relationships. And by that, I don't mean to minimize you as young people and be like, oh, for young people, you know a lot about relationships. But I think what that means is you seem to have learned a lot. Where do you guys learn the most about relationships? From experience. Yeah. Experience, yeah. experience or seed experience. Experience, not the Kardashians. No. no. So when you, because you, all of you mentioned toxic relationships at certain points. I was so interested in that because I think that sometimes people use that word incorrectly. Right. We're like, just because somebody's being a jerk to you or they're like upsetting you doesn't necessarily mean that they're being toxic. But y'all have had like a really good foundational understanding of what a toxic partner does and what that looks like. And so is that from being with people who are toxic? Is it from like watching certain shows? Is it from like social media, anything like that? I'm just, I'm so curious because your definitions were really, really spot on. Experience. Just experience. So like you identify like this kind of behavior is toxic. Not just that, like if I'm curious, I also look for others' opinions on what they mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. And if... You know, if theirs makes sense, I put two and two together, and then, yeah, sure. Yeah. Plus, when you talk to your friend, I have a lot of friends. Yeah. But um, let's say they come up to you, oh, this is happening. You just, like, you listen or mm -hmm. experience yourself what goes on. Josiah seems like he's one of your best friends. Is that about right? Yeah, we basically grew up together. Does it help to have a friend of the opposite sex? Do you feel, like, informed? Well, yeah. Josiah, so we've grown up together, but I kind of keep stuff to myself. But oh. when it comes to him, he like he just like talks about. It. I'm like, yo. When it comes to his, cause <clears throat> I don't want to put him on the spot. <laughs> you don't have to be. It doesn't have to be Josiah. It could be Mr. Y. Yeah. So let's say Mr. Y, something's going on with him. Like I tell him, like, yo, you gotta get your act together, or you gotta do this, or she gotta. Do that, or yeah. Yeah. What did you? You said you were saying yes. Yeah, like yeah, I feel like if it's 
a male or like somebody of a different sex, mm-hmm. they have a different perspective of it. Or they know exactly. Or what they the know other exactly person. what. The Does that help person. you understand relationships better? Learning from the opposite side. Yeah, like if I go up to like say, like Mr. E, right, and he like I tell him about this certain situation. Also, this guy's doing this, that, or the third. He's gonna be like, oh yeah, certain. I've seen that in boys' relationships that they tend to do that, and I'm not just like, and then they'll confront me not confront me they'll tell me like i'm not telling you that all boys do this but like certain boys like you know that's an important distinction too right like that we're not that we're we're maybe speaking on a stereotype or something what did you want to add um quickly sorry so it is a matter of experience but not just experience for me at least in my case i think critically on my experiences and what exactly occurred and what went wrong what went right and i think thinking about it and like sort of walking myself through how everything went down is a good way to get the information of what I need to improve and all of that. So I think that's pretty useful. I agree with that because I think sometimes in relationships when you break up, there's the kind of the immediate feeling of like, well, I didn't really do anything wrong. It was all this other person. And so everything that happened in the relationship that caused us to break up is on them. And so I think it is, so I'm like even guilty of that. Like as soon as I dump someone, I'm just like, well, I was like a perfect person in this relationship. I did nothing wrong. Everything they did was, it felt like an attack and I didn't do anything to contribute to that. You didn't say dump like Eleven says dump. Eleven from Stranger Things. Oh, when I dumped their ass. When yeah. You their <laughs> <ass>. <laughs> Which has happened a bit. So, uh, but that's not good, right? Because inevitably you get into another relationship and then you start seeing like patterns, like repeat things. You're like, okay, well maybe, maybe I am not as perfect as I thought I was. Like I have to take an inventory. Like where are my shortcomings? What am I, what am I doing? That's kind of perpetuating us. Maybe some of this negative negativity or toxicity. So I think that's awesome that you do that, and something like all of us could probably benefit from for sure. I'm I'm coming to you next. I just want to quickly throw this out there. Uh, that Katie Brown does a lot more than have uh, relationship advice and relationship expertise. They do a lot of healthy relationship building. She talked about domestic violence, uh, and I think the organization was founded around uh, a violent uh, situation, so I know they cover relationship violence as well. Uh, They do a lot of things, but if you, young people, because somebody did have that question when we were talking about this before the podcast, if you young people were this was a field of your interest. And especially if you speak another language, they are not that far. So when you are of working age and you know in between college and doing your thing, uh, if you talk to Angela, that seems like a really good place to go and work. Are you guys, would you guys be uh, pulling in young people of multiple languages? Always, that's a priority because relationship violence is, it always, it, it, it's kind of, like, there's, so there's certain things that always, um, I don't say, like, it always looks the same, but, like, it changes, right? Like, when I was in high school, like, AOL, the internet, like, that was something that was kind of new, so people weren't, like, really texting or messaging or anything like that. Now it's just commonplace, and relationships have that piece of it, and so we kind of have to always role with uh, different tech, different communication style, all of this stuff. And so always like having young people, especially young people who speak uh, multiple languages is just such an asset. 
because that's our community. Fall River is incredibly diverse. So for the young people in the room and for anybody who's any of the young people listening, and I don't mean to just specify young people, but I specifically am speaking to young people, not Katie Brown. I'm speaking to young people. Uh, I know it's so hard to find a job. I know it was so hard for me to find a job, but if, but you guys over the past two weeks have held a top-notch podcast sharing your expertise on relationships and that's an actual job. You can get an actual job teaching the curriculum around healthy relationship building and domestic violence and stuff. Just know that Katie Brown Educational Program, uh, holler at Angela, we'll get contact information in a minute. What's your question? Um, what has been your experience with the relationship, I, like as my age? Wait, so when she was in high school, what was her experience like? What like? was her experience like? Uh, so, Interestingly enough, I did not date at all in high school. Mm. I didn't even, I don't, I don't think I even went on one date. Yo, how are you an expert then? You I, fooled us. I, I did. <laughs> well, I, uh, so lived experience, right? I certainly caught up. So uh, in high school, I just, it wasn't that I wasn't interested. I think that the relationships that I saw uh, from my classmates, I didn't like appeal to me. Right. People constantly fighting, cheating on each other, tons of jealousy, just like really toxic behaviors. So I think I was at that point feeling really okay. And when I was like 14, 15, 16, uh, my main goal was to improve the relationship I had with myself. Because mm -hmm. I had like really low self-esteem, which I'm sure like you guys struggle with from time to time. Uh, really just felt kind of out of place, felt like undesirable. Like I think that kind of perpetuated uh, this like feeling of not like who would want to date me um, and so that was I really focused on that self-love yeah self-love like how, how can I be healthy to myself and what can I do to get to that place and so I took an interest in a lot of different things and felt really confident like I played music and and continued doing that felt really good about that so it did things that made me feel good about myself and like how about really in positive. college in college uh, with dating <laughs> Uh, so in college, I did date. I was in uh, a long distance relationship mm -hmm. and it was really, it was not great. It was yeah. actually, I would say it was pretty uh, toxic. He was a little bit older than me. He lived at home. Uh, I grew up in like, like situate Rhode Island, mm -hmm. the, kind of around there. Yeah. Um, I was in school in Boston, and yeah, the relationship was not good. It was my first relationship, it was not his, and there was just a lot of, uh, I think some like power and control stuff going on. Cause I'm younger, right? Like uh, kind of trying to do everything for my partner, make them love me more, or like wanna be with me People more. People pleasing. Yeah, which I don't really experience a lot of now. I think at that point, I was very much trying to be like the perfect partner. And it just wasn't working, and we we dated for quite a bit. It was a really bad breakup, but like that was a significant relationship. And from that one going forward, I was like never again. Like I had this one bad really like this one really bad experience, and now I know what abuse looks like. I know what toxicity looks like, and I can point it out in uh, future relationships. And so I, it was a learned ex it was a learning experience. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of been. My, but I've been in a bunch of relationships since then, like just speaking transparently, and every one I've learned something about myself and about what I want in relationships. It's really hard to get it right the exact like the first so time. So you learn from everything, for sure. And I'm still learning, right? Like I definitely would never call myself 
a relationship expert or a love expert. Uh, if I was, I think my life would look a lot different than it does uh, currently and even previously. But I think that the one thing that I've learned throughout all of my experiences is that I have to, like one, romantic relationships are not mandatory. You do not have to have a partner if you don't want one. Who cares? Like, if you want one, great. If you don't, who cares? Don't have one. You have to live with yourself forever. You don't have to live with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner. But you have to live with yourself. So the relationship you have with yourself, how you view yourself, uh, is the most important thing. And that's the one thing I try to carry with me throughout all of my you relationships. Poor thing. Did you spend Valentine's alone? I did not spend Valentine's alone. Oh. <laughs> did you get a thoughtful card? I did. Yeah, I did get... Are you guys familiar with ChatGPT? We don't have to talk about ChatGPT. Oh, no, we're going to talk about it. Are you guys okay. familiar <laughs> with that AI? So um, oh. you, like, type something. Like, you're, like, give it a prompt, right. and they write you. So, you can tell uh, it to do your homework. You'd be like, uh, write, like a, write a paper write for a you. Write a paper about this. So then. the person that I am dating, uh, I guess did, they didn't know how to, like, express themselves in a specific way. So they wrote into ChatGPT. They gave them a prompt, and ChatGPT, like, AI, wrote my Valentine's Day card. That's like they're trying. I hear that sounds They're like trying. Yes. You know what? So I can I can say yes, they tried. The group consensus was you're I dating I should have brought it you're as dating, an example. Robot. You are dating a winner is what this group is saying. I think it's confirming uh, what's I'm What's your question a robot. for Angela as we move on really quickly? My question is Have uh, she like asked that question already? What's your question for Angela? <laughs> In domestic violent cases like what is the main thing that you see, like, ever. Oh, that's a, so, okay, that's a really great question. I'm glad you asked. So in domestic violence cases or situations or relationships, the thing that I see the most is emotional violence. So not every domestic violent uh, relationship or domestically violent relationship is physical abuse. That And while that does happen, emotional violence is kind of the, the abuse that people experience the most. So really controlling behavior. So like isolating people from their friends and family, the things that they love, maybe their job, um, getting upset with them constantly, making them feel really nervous and anxious. Are these, are these things that we should be looking out for? Like 100%. These okay. are like red flags. Yep. And um, and so, is this uh, just the girls who should be listening, or should boys be paying? Like, oh, is both it applicable. Ways, both ways. So okay. everyone should be, because guys will experience this too. Like just because, and like if you're uh, a guy who dates women uh, or a guy who dates men, um, or even folks who are non-binary, you're going to experience this. I guarantee it. Well, tell me more about the red flags. Tell me more about what what are those things that we should be looking out for. You. So the number one red flag, I would say, especially with like young people, is you're dating someone and you're like, okay, uh, this Friday I'm gonna go out with my friends. I'm they cut you off from doing that. And they're like, well, if you do that, like I'm really gonna miss you. Like, or they could just be like, yeah, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Like, what if you cheat on me? What if you're with this person, you're that person? I would say that that is so much of like a number one red flag. <laughs> and what I can say is, and I, I can say this confidently. So there's not a lot of things I will say like definitively. Um, but I can say confidently that in relationships where that is already starting or that's a thing that exists, it will only get worse. That person is not going to have some wake up call light bulb moment where they're like, oh, you know what? I, I'm being kind of controlling. I should let my partner out with their friends, let them do something that's fun. It's just going to be like, well, you know, I got them to blow off those plans on Friday. I got them to not see this person. How farther can I take it? That's more the mentality that's going to happen. Now, you can have those conversations with your partner and say like, hey, you know, I want to hang out with my friends, but they're not like, 
you know, I'm not seeing them because, you know, you get upset or you get sad. How, where's that coming from? Now, if your partner's like, well, it comes from insecurity, it comes from, you know, having been cheated on, stuff like this, I want to work on it, I don't want to close you off, then that's good, right? That's an example of, like, healthy communication, meeting each other where you're at. But if that person is like, well, I've been cheated on before, so I just expect that you're going to cheat on me too, especially if you hang out with somebody who is a guy or a girl, who whatever situation it is, then they're almost making it, like, already your fault, right? Like, they're because they're saying, like, I can't trust you out. You haven't done anything wrong, but they're saying that they innately cannot trust you to go out and hang out with another person. So that shows that. Trust was number two? Yeah, so that show, that's why I said, that's why I said, that shows that your partner doesn't have trust for you, and that's going to make you lose trust in your partner. So, in that case, can't you see that, like, you're not ready for a relationship? 100%. I would say that majority of young people, my gosh, and I actually, it, I would say maybe adults too, uh, are not ready for the relationship that they are looking for. Mm. They want to be in a relationship, but the relationship that they want is probably not going to exist, especially if you're someone who wants to, like, control every aspect of it. Do you think that... Um not just young people, but, like, we move into, like, the relationship too quick because we want one, or... Yeah, I think that happens all of the time, like, going into relationships too quickly because you really love somebody or like them, and, you know, and I think you miss a bunch of steps when you do that. Um, I think that social media is, as it usually does with most topics, propagates, like, it pushes it, wor like, further, making yeah. it worse. Because you see all these perfect relationships and what they show you on social media mm. and the successes, but you never see the failures, the problems. And then when the problems come up, you're just not ready for them. Mm. And then it, it collapses upon itself. I want to get to exactly. everybody's questions, so we've got to go a little faster. Go ahead. And then I, and then I see you. What do you think should happen? Like, Do you think there should be a friendship before the relationship or like an acquaintance before the relationship? So, yeah, I think it really depends on the person. So I've had relationships work both ways where I developed a friendship first and then we dated and then a dating relationship that just started like at dating I think as long as you are prioritizing friendship it doesn't matter when that starts so like if I meet someone and I really like them but I don't know them well and we go out on a couple dates I'm not gonna say you know I think we should just be friends first see how that goes, and then we should date, I probably would be like, hey, something that's really important to me in a relationship is building also a friendship with you or with a person that I'm dating. Let's prioritize that. Like, let's make sure that we're focusing on that. But I think everyone's different. Like, you might feel more comfortable entering a relationship if you've known somebody for a long time. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned, so we're talking about the experiences that we take with us from relationships. At this point in my life, I only want to date somebody who's a friend. So if you want to test out Test your friendship first, kind of like you're saying. That's important to me because if somebody's not my friend, I don't, I don't really want to uh, follow up and then go ahead and then we still yeah. have a question over here before we move around. Yeah. So basically, like what you think is like if the friendship works, then will work, and like getting to know them first, making sure there's someone you know you're gonna. Oh yeah, because people tend to be all they act different when you first meet them, and then. Once they see that, like, three months have gone past, I've known this person, five months have gone past, they start to switch up and their actions start to change. There's a football term uh, called any given Sunday. And what that means is even the dumbass New York Jets can win a football game uh, against a good team on any given Sunday. You can have luck, you can have a really lucky great day, or you can have a really unlucky bad day. And breakups can still happen, even if they're built on an amazing foundation. Uh, I'm getting back to you. We got... Uh, go ahead. 
Uh, just a quick remark. I feel like if somebody can't have healthy friendships, they cannot have healthy relationships. I feel like that's important. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Actually, I never really thought about it, but as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, because it's friendships are just a different different type of relationship, right? Like their relationships look like a lot of different things. Go ahead. Um, I think that when it comes to friends, it depends. So I'm straight, right? And I have a guy friend. Like it depends. It depends on how it is, because you can see them as a brother, and you can see them as like a friend and just a friend. But then yeah. over time, you see them as something more. Then they see you as something more. But I feel like everyone has a friend for everything. Like you got a friend as a brother, friend as a friend, a best friend that you can talk to about anything. Yeah. And then that one friend that you have that very um, intense feeling for, which is gonna become your boyfriend or whatever it is. There's a lot to explore there with you. I've got to move on to your question uh, quickly. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on like gaslighting and manipulation and all of that? So I think that the mo one of the most common themes and threads in any type of relationship that's experiencing abuse are both gaslighting and manipulation. I think that the most important thing, though, is to just not uh, overuse those terms. So I think that all of us have probably gaslit people without intending to, without meaning to. We just have. Um, or especially as we work to and like sometimes struggle to validate another person's feelings or kind of their reality and their perspectives on things. So I think that gaslighting and manipulation exists in every single relationship that is toxic or violent. But not uh, every like challenging or even like bad relationship might like it experiences those things. But I would say there is a common thread. Manipulation is is huge on all levels. Angela, not for me because I'm super smart, uh, and not for these super smart ninth graders here, but for our really idiot dumb audience at home who doesn't know what gaslighting is. Can you please uh, give an example? Again, not for me. I totally know what gaslighting is. Asking for a friend. Can you please give a quick example of gaslighting? Yeah, I can. So, uh, let's say that um, I don't know your partner bought you like flowers and candy for Valentine's Day, yeah. and like best intentions, and you get it, and you're like, well, I like hate this stuff and this isn't like not for me and so you're talking to your partner about it and instead of just being like I don't like this stuff maybe you don't pay attention um, it turns into something so much bigger so it could be like well you don't really know me well enough and I've been dating you for like a year and you have no clue who I am and of course it can be like you know frustrating feelings but uh, turning it into like your partner is this horrible person they don't pay attention they waited until the last minute oh did you just like drive by a CVS and like grab this stuff and like give it to me yeah. or um, like making them feel like like they had good intentions and then manipulating those intentions oh. to like feed a narrative yeah. or just kind of like you know I think too um, so it can look like a lot of different things but also just making somebody question the reality of a situation like if you ever had a conversation with someone and it's go and you think it's going real well like you're doing all your communication tricks and then the yeah. person you're talking to is like listen like I can't talk to you if you're gonna be like this crazy and like you're like freaking me out and you are acting so wild right now and you're shouting at me and you're swearing and you're doing and you're just like none of this is happening I haven't done any of this yeah. but this person is making like saying this so then you're like wait did this actually happen? Like, is this a thing that's happening? Like, did I actually do this? And you're questioning, like, your sense of reality. And I feel like that happens so much in relationships, and it kind of gives somebody an upper hand because they can convince you or make you question what you're doing and how you've done it. Thank you for the question. Uh, next question. Um, 
what are your like what are your like red flags in like a person my red flags for a person um so is this like is she she's on she's out on a date uh a first date with somebody and what are some of the things that a person can do that would okay yeah kind of like that uh, so I'm on a date with somebody. I think like the number one thing that somebody could do uh, that would tip me off is if they just talk about themselves and they don't ask me any questions. Like if they don't want to get to know me at all. Um, that's a huge red flag. One, uh, so two, how they are treating the people around them. So uh, not just me, but like how they treat wait staff, how they treat like other patrons of the restaurant, how they're acting, how they're behaving. Uh, and I think a lot of people sometimes now with dating give a lot of information kind of up front. And I think uh, depending on what that information is, like people give their opinions that can be really strong. And I think if I'm not like vibing with their opinion or their feelings about certain things, I may just be like, mm, I don't know if this is for me. Um, but also how, uh, so I date all people. And I think depending on how those people, so if I'm on a date with a man and he's somebody that's like, this is a bit, so this is like what the biggest red flag for me is like, oh my God, you're not like, not like other girls. Like you are just so different from other <laughs> girls. Like you're that's so, like that's you're so, so cool and like funny. And like, I've dated so many women and like, they can't, they don't like wrestling. Like that just makes you look so interesting. Like all of the red flag, like I'm telling you that is the biggest red flag. Really? It really is. Because the thing is, is like, I that's want to date a man at the end of the day that respects women and loves and appreciates women, not just woman, me. It needs to be kind of that, like, oh, oh, by making you special, they're disrespecting the rest of women. Because yeah. I'm not, right? like, all I'm other not, women she's suck. not the only You're woman so cool. in society. I'm not the only woman in society, right? right? And I'm not the only special one. I am special in certain, my way. in my way, but like, this person doesn't know me. So they're just t taking these things to like, lift you are familiar with love bombing mm -hmm. right. that's an aspect of love bombing is like you are the most perfect thing i've ever seen and i love you and nobody is like you and like you are just unbelievable now this is the the asterisk with that once you start dating this person more and you show your human side to them then they're like wait no, no, no. you're you're human you're not just like this pretty little doll thing or like this cool guy like you're showing human aspects like no that's not going to work for me and then there's like this pushback but like times 10 of like no 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 i just liked you when you were cool and shared my interests and we talked about things i don't want to like see you cry or get upset about something so it's it nothing starts off well if it's like they don't like you for you they only like you for the image they put in there totally. I, I wish i had time right now but that was a great question so here's what we're going to do in, in 2 weeks from now we're going to have a podcast about our red flags. We're going to find out what our red flags are in relationships. What's your question for Angela? I see you. I, I'm with you. Um, in a relationship, in a healthy relationship, mm. how do you keep it healthy? Or how do you keep it from going like... Bad. Boring. You have something like, good. How do you hold on to what yeah. you have? Yeah. Uh, so you guys talked a lot about mutual interests this week. I think that sharing mutual interests and kind of like cultivating those, doing things together and having fun, uh, I think that's really important. I also just think checking in with your partner a lot is super important. Like how do you keep it healthy or positive is just by making sure that you are work, like always working on yourself to, to be better for yourself. That's number one. And then that will that'll show up with your partner in your relationship. But I think that just checking in, like if you're upset about something, if you're not feeling okay about something, check in, talk about it, find ways to talk about it in a way that is comfortable and easy for you. Uh, and then also if you're just done with the person, it's run its course, 
I would suggest to, uh, you know, take that inventory, see if you want to continue in this relationship or if it's time to, you know, call it, then you call it. <coughs> Not cheap. You definitely. Well, when do you know, when, when can you tell the difference to should I give up or should I like fight for it? That's awesome. That's a really good question. That is. So I actually, and this is just a personal thing, I actually don't love the idea of fighting for a relationship. Mm. I like the idea of trying to like work with your partner and I maybe you're both fighting for it, but I think that when it is like a constant thing, daily, weekly, no issues come up, you know, they get resolved, that's great, but then the same issue pops up constantly. Uh, you're just feeling kind of run down, tired, super stressed, anxious to talk to your partner, anxious to be around them. Uh, you know, you just have that feeling of like, I am just, I'm so done with this. And we say that so much in relationships, but do we hold ourselves to Capable. that? Exactly, yeah. to like how we feel. But I think even um, early on in relationships, if so one of, I watch a lot of like documentaries and stuff. And one thing that was really poignant about like related to domestic violence and especially uh, like people who are in these relationships is to really trust your gut, that your gut tells you something. Your intuition. Your intuition, right? Like, so if you feel anxious about something, those like knots or like, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. There is not a healthy relationship that exists where you're with your partner and you feel nervous, anxious, or like you're going to throw up in front of, like that is not a thing that exists in a healthy relationship. So when you're feeling that way, it is time. It is time to call it in any way. And that's hard to do, right? It's hard to walk away from a relationship, but that's, it's time to start thinking about that. Does that make sense? Like that kind of, that those feelings just should not, should not be there. If you have a partner, if you have a partner who, it's like you like them more than they like you and you have to fight to keep their interest in stuff that's that's like this uphill battle like how do you how do you even win that right like so i i They're think just not satisfied right or or necessarily with you and i think at some point you've got to do you at some point you've got to be like okay i have to let this go and it's really important to learn that you don't owe anybody to fight for those relationships. You know when I want to fight for a relationship? Because I learned that really early on. That if I'm continuing to fight, that means that I'm fighting this losing battle and I'm continuing to fight. I fight for a relationship when I messed up. If I said something out of pocket or something like that or did something that was probably right. mean or or even if it was just taken the wrong way, that's when, that's when I have to fight. Uh, you had something to add and then you go ahead. Yeah, so I wanted to ask your opinion on this new word that's being used a lot called an ick mm. so it's like a red flag but it's oh yeah i've yeah. seen i've seen like tiktok videos related to like when somebody gives you the ick like that that'll be the title ick. of our podcast next time no that's great uh, go ahead i'll research that's what you would what's your question for angela um not gonna lie i scrapped like through my questions so i don't really have anything really but um i've ever been the said reason for a breakup have i ever been the reason have i ever been the reason for the breakup um, yeah, I've been broken up with once and I've broken up, uh, with other people many times. So, but you're saying like, did I do something egregious? Like, did I do something bad and that's mm -hmm. why they broke? No, I would say like, are you the sad reason that they blamed you for the breakup? Oh, um, yes. So my first breakup when my boyfriend at the time dumped me, he, uh, yes, he said I was the reason for the breakup. That's why he dumped me. Um. But I would say probably in all of my relationships, I did contribute somewhat to the breakup. So not like I did something and then we broke up because of it. I think it was just like a mutual kind of thing. 
So like uh, from both ways. I, as much as I hate to admit it, yes, I am sure it's both ways. What's your favorite thing to do when you're not talking about domestic violence or healthy relationships or any of that oh. stuff? What do you uh, love? I love uh, professional wrestling. I like going to wrestling shows. I love watching wrestling. I love going to concerts. I love, love music. And I love spending time with my family and watching scary movies. Where can people find out more about Katie Brown educational programs? So we are on the internet, kbep.org. And you can find all our social media info there. Angela, you are off the hot seat. Steampunk from Highlander Charter School. Please say peace out to the world. Peace Bye. out. Bye.